Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. cliffs and row your canoe there's a song in there and there's the confidence of God's word that needs to be applied to every situation when we came into this thing called Christianity we were going downstream with the tide and then we turned around and faced up and we battled a little bit because we were doing it in our own strength and then we discovered the super swimmer, and his name is Jesus. The super swimmer. And, but that doesn't mean we don't have the fight of faith. Paul says, I fought the good fight of faith. There's waiting in heaven a crown for me. doesn't matter where you are on your Christian journey. doesn't matter how long you've been saved or how little time you've been saved. There's the fight of faith. And so much of Scripture goes around saying that without faith it's impossible to please God or do the things that He's called us to do. Without fa- because faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. By this the ancients were commended. Abraham was a heathen Syrian, but he found favor in God's eyes just because he believed. I mean, he did some bizarre, crazy things. Like lie about his wife and give her to the king to sleep with. And then it, he still gets called the righteousness of God because he put his faith in God. And then Pharaoh gets into trouble for sleeping with Sarah's wife. Not Abraham. Now, I don't know how your theology works around that. Take it home, sleep on it. But the point is that the thing that moves the heart of God is faith. It's our believing against what's visibly coming against us, what is in the natural, trying to get our attention and, 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 and dominate us. And just listening to the prophetic this morning, God is saying, fight the good fight of faith. It's got nothing to do with what I came to prepare this morning, but I do believe it's a word for some people. And let me tell you, it's a good reason to be in church this morning. Because when we're together in church, we're fighting a good fight of faith. You know, the analogy of church is just the cloakroom session where we, you know, encourage the, the team and get strategy. And then the real game is Monday to, 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 to Friday. That's got some truth to it. But not at the expense of knowing that our gathering changes things. Our gathering changes us. Our gathering changes the atmosphere. It's not just a cloak room session where I sit with my notebook and pen and make three points and a poem and a joke and then go into the real mission. We've got a mission here. I'm glad I got up and came to church this morning. I I don't know why you came to church, but I heard a message a few weeks ago that there are different reasons we can come to church. We can come to church just because we're down and feeling depressed and we're looking for a partner. And sometimes those reasons aren't all wrong and we've all been there. Don't put your hands up. 
Or we just go to church because it's the thing we do every Sunday and it's a sense of duty. And I think we've moved past that. So then what is the right reason? Well, I, I think it's been one of the most profound words over this church in recent times. Is when we come together, it's because, number one, we have a community where we can love and be loved. Internet doesn't offer that to you. Even the pub doesn't offer that to you. Even being part of a club doesn't offer that to you. But you walk in the steps of Jesus that he said, this is the new commandment I've given you, that you love one another. That can only happen in a community. And I know there's many communities amongst this gathering here this morning. A place where we can not keep record of each other's wrongs. Amen? And be quick to forgive. A place where iron sharpens iron. And things that we didn't know about ourselves get revealed and exposed. And we have to deal with them. This is my command. That you love one another. That can only happen in a community. That's why it's important to be part of a community. And then the other one was a, a shared vision. Jesus gave the vision. It's his mission. It's not the guy standing up here. He's just endorsing the vision so we can also amen to the vision and be part of a common vision, which is the Great Commission. That's why we want to take discipleship seriously. We can't just talk about it. Until we're doing it, we're just like a river that runs into a swamp. We receive, 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 but nothing flows out. But the Sea of Galilee, the water runs in and it runs through, and wherever it goes out, it brings life. That's the picture of our shared mission. But then thirdly, a community, the, uh, the right reason to, be, to get up this morning, take the time, get dressed, come into a gathering like this, is so that we're in a place of shared common belief. And we participate in that by agreement. So when the prophetic words come and we agree with them, we are participating with them. When we have communion as we are in a, in a little while, we are participating together in something we believe. That it was the life and death and burial of Jesus that we celebrate when we take the cup and the bread. We agree when the word is declared and spoken. Not coming in as passive observers with a little notebook and a pen to give a, I'll give him a 4 out of 10 for expression, a 2 out of 10 for humor, a 1 out of 10 for intelligence, a, a 10 out of 10 for uh, going over time. But we'll come in and say, you know what? I want to be part of the worship today. It's not the guy standing up on the stage singing to you. They just the instruments that help us sing to him. And as we put our words into place, it's the same as if you were standing up here on the stage. If you don't see yourself standing on the stage during worship, you'll always be just a background uh, spectator. But you have to prepare yourself. I'm going to church today to be a worshiper. That means it's like I'm up on the stage dancing around. Sham Heather spoke to me at the leader's breakfast yesterday saying, I've lost my voice and I'm leading worship tomorrow. You did well. It's not easy. 
to be responsible for leading the songs when you've got no voice. Like trying to preach with no voice. And some of you would say amen, eh? So that's, I mean, I think that's such a word in season for us. And you, I've got to repeat this. Like Paul says, it's no problem for me to keep repeating myself, and it's for your advantage. Sometimes we need to hear things a few times. I know some of you have got it. Some of you are getting it, and some of you will get it. When you wake up on Sunday, or you go to bed on Saturday night, you say, the reason I'm going to church tomorrow is there are a whole bunch of people that need loving. Number two, I'm going because there's a whole lot of people who believe in the Great Commission, and the church is His instrument to push back the gates of hell and to conquer hell to populate heaven. And I want to be part of a community that love the lost and want to see people saved and see people discipled, and I need to be equipped. And then I want to be part of a people who believe and agree in the same thing. And by me in agreement with this community, the preacher, it's like I was up there preaching. Amen? When the, when, when the, the Springboks score a try, doesn't something in you feel like you actually scored that try? They're they squeezing towards the line and they're pushing and they're rucking and they're mauling and, they're, they, and then they get over. It's like I go, Phew, oh, that was exhausting. I'm like, I'm finished. No, please, that's enough. 40 minutes is enough. I need half time now. I mean, the early church for about 60 years didn't have the written Bible as we have it today. They had learned through the, the Hebrew tradition, but also they, it, it got taught into the Christian culture was that they memorized. Like the book of Galatians was the first book written that was circulated amongst the churches long before Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They either had the Torah, and then they had um, Galatians, and then a little bit, a few years later, Ephesians. But they couldn't copy and distribute uh, copies of those manuscripts fast enough because the churches were being planted so fast. And the increase of churches blossoming all over the place meant that books had to be circulated. And the, the, the apostles went around preaching the word. And people came to agree with what had been said. But within about 40, 50 years, there were so many more churches that needed uh, to know what the basic tenets of the faith were that the, what they call the apostolic fathers. The apostolic fathers were the descendants of the Peters and the Pauls and the Jameses. They weren't that first generation who actually saw Jesus and touched Jesus. They were the disciples of those who came second. They got together in about 185, 220. And they said, guys, churches have got little bits and threads of papari and, and, and some, some weird stuff's creeping into the church. We need to come back into a common belief. So they wrote what is, became known as the Apostles' Creed. It was that which then could be memorized and circulated, memorized and declared in every congregation. So when last did you do the Apostles' Creed? Thank God for those early believers 
that got together to believe something. That built their faith up in what they believe. Because it's what I believe that makes me. I don't make what I believe. This was the very word of God, not the imaginations of some men. As the, the psalmist sung, I forget his name, who died in an airplane crash. Dave, do you remember? Rich Mullins. I believe what I believe. It makes me who I am. I did not make it, but it is making me the very word of God and not the invention of any man. I believe in God the Father. He took the creed and he put it into words. It's so powerful. Can we read it together? Let's read aloud. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the universal church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, the life everlasting. Amen. Now what we've just read there, we're so familiar with now, we've taken for granted those who had to shed their blood to preserve the truth of the gospel. Like Paul said to the Galatians, how quickly are you deserting the one who saved you and turning to a different gospel? The the apostles' creed was written in such a way to say there'd been so many diversions, so many distractions, so much heresy coming in through Gnosticism and through those who wanted to go back under law and Judaism, mixing the covenants with this new, good, the gospel, that they wrote this. That has come to us, which we can word off without really paying attention. Every one of those statements had caused division in the church, the fighting, the, 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 the to and froing between doctrinal views, and eventually it was settled. This is what we believe. And thank God for their tireless effort. And we might have come a long way in terms of progressive revelation in understanding that God our Father is the most wonderful, kind God in all the universe. Even though He had the power to speak out creation into existence, He has the ability to speak to you face to face, to love you as if you were the only child on earth, who said, I'm going to give up my son in the new covenant, the covenant that I promised to Abraham, that through his blood you can be reconciled to me. We have a Jesus who we've come to understand isn't a distant Jesus who died 2,000 years ago, but he's a very living, real, present Jesus. And his life has become my life. His life has become your life. You've been hid in Christ, in God. That when God relates to you, he relates on the Christ Jesus who uh, 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 retook 
our lost inheritance and gave it to you. We believe in a Jesus that is going to come back again. And judgment will fall on all those who have not believed on him. But those who put their faith in him, not heaven or hell or demons or anything, can keep them from his, his arms open wide to them. We believe these things. We believe that Jesus wasn't just some myth. History was divided in half B.C. and A.D. just as a testimony that this person really exists. And if what he claimed was not the truth, he was the biggest deceiver and liar of the uh, ever existed. But not so. 120 had testified to his resurrection. Another 500 later on attested to, they turned, were willing to deny their religious convictions as Jews and their uh, eternal security as being part of the Jewish nation. They wouldn't have done that for a fraud. They wouldn't have said, we saw with our own eyes this Jesus rise from the dead and came to speak to us and ascended into heaven. This is what we believe. And every Sunday, when this is preached, we have an opportunity to say, that is the gospel I believe. And I, 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 I'm, my amen means, it, it's like I'm saying it, Steve. I'm not just listening to it. I believe that Jesus is who he said he was. When he said, I will rise from the dead. And I will send you a comforter, the Holy Spirit. We've moved on in many regards on the skeleton of the creed. And we've come to know, I find it interesting that they only had one line, we believe in the Holy Spirit. They, 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 they grappled and eventually grasped the concept of the deity and of the trinity, which comes by revelation. But that was about it. The Holy Spirit was God. But we've come to know the Holy Spirit as the one who speaks to us in dreams and visions, and the gifts of the Spirit. We've come to know that the Holy Spirit, through the writings of the apostles, that the Holy Spirit comes to comfort us and encourage us in our times of need. Right now, you're facing something that you're trying to work out in your own intellect and your own wisdom. The Holy Spirit says, abundantly above all you can ask or imagine, I'm able to deposit into that situation. That he's able to give you a wisdom that you would have never been able to figure out. The Holy Spirit is able to come and give you courage when the world around you just feels like it's falling apart. The Holy Spirit can come and, and take natural things and turn them around for good. That you look back and you say, God, how did you do that? The fight of faith, my friends. We come together as a church for the, to fight the fight of faith. We declare in our songs, we declare from the word what we believe. And your amen is, resonates and builds your faith up on the inside of you. That you can go out and fight a good fight. But it's because first we've given ourselves to building our faith. And we do that together. I have an opportunity of being in God's word. I've told you this before. You know, I've got to bear with this for you know, two or three days. You only get 30 minutes. But that 30 minutes is not just for my sake. It's for your sake. It's so that you can look at what's going on in your life and say, God, I need my faith to be built up. I need to be able to take hold of, of, of the horns of faith and say, with God, nothing is impossible. Though 
the enemy try to slay me, though it looks like the flock is scattered, though it looks like the, 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 the harvest is not coming, I will still trust in the Lord my God. I will fight the good fight of faith. I know that He's for me and not against me, that He is with me, and nothing will separate me from His love. That's all I need. I need His love. Come on, church. I need, you need, we need. So this, this uh, considering what we believe, I'll do part two next week, but it led me to an interesting question for myself, which was the songs we sing, our agreement in the songs we sing. You see, it's one thing to, when the music is playing softly, and we, I mean, it's wonderful, but but you know, sometimes we can just mouth off words because they've got such sweet melody. But I thought I'll take my music file and I'll just, without the music, I'll just look at them and read some words of some of the songs we sing. I want to scream it out from every mountaintop. Your goodness knows no bounds. Your goodness never ends. Your mercy follows me. Your kindness fills my life. Your love amazes how beautiful is that? I see your face in every sunrise. The colors of the morning are inside your eyes. The world awakens in the light of the day. I look up to the sky and say, you're beautiful. He's beautiful. He's awesome. He's wonderful. The splendor of the king, clothed in majesty. Let all the earth rejoice. All the earth rejoice. I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night. You tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. Can you hear the melody in the back of your mind? But just those words themselves. King of kings, majesty. God of heaven, living in me. Royal savior, closest friend. Strong deliverer, beginning and end. All within me will fall at your throne. Wow. All of me. All of us, Lord. All of us. Can those serving the communion just come and be prepared? We're going to have communion in a moment. And maybe Heather, come and sing without playing. What about this one? Nothing can separate, even when I run away. Your love never fails. I know I still make mistakes, but you have new mercies for me every day. Your love never fails. Come on. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. O oh my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before, O oh my soul. I will worship your holy name. 
Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is He. Sing a new song to Him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. stand up while we're doing communion this morning. It's our Sunday of corporate communion. This is something we do once a month as we take the bread and the cup. Just hold on to it for a little while. We're going to share in it together. This is something of community now communion where we remember that we have been included in the relationship between Father, Son and Holy Spirit Church, do you know what a high calling that is? To be the church that's the body of Jesus that we are in Christ and Christ is in the Father and the Spirit is in the Father and the Son and we are invited into holy communion with the deity This is what happens when we come together and take the bread and take the cup. We remember again that we were dead, co-crucified with Jesus. Say co-crucified. We were co-crucified. The Bible says I was crucified with Him. And I was co-buried with Christ. But then when Jesus rose, We were co-resurrected with Jesus. And the Bible says we are seated on His right-hand side, on the throne. We're seated in Christ on the right-hand side of God the Father. So this is what we do when we take the cup and the bread. It's not a light thing. It's not a small thing. It's one of the things we do in our common belief. It's something we do to build our faith yes you can do it on your own yes you can do it at the supper table but when we gathered with our community in the church family there is a release of anointing and presence right now I I can I don't know about you but I feel this morning was so disorganized at so many levels. And I said to Richard, God must have something for us today. Because there were so many glitches in the system and so much stuff it seemed in the natural to be against. But suddenly I just, it dawned on me that we still live in the world. And things sometimes, you know, electricity goes off, water mains are blocked but we can't live our faith around those things we have to live our faith around something much higher and if we don't have a higher reality we'll never live in a way that has eternity in mind and right now Holy Spirit would you just come as we take the bread can somebody, anybody not got the bread or the cup just raise your hand so we can get to you I'm one of them. Is it only me? Okay. Musos? Oh, the musos need uh, communion, please. Um, 
we gather, Lord, because we are loved by you and we love one another. We gather here today, Lord, because we believe something, something that the world calls foolishness, the preaching of the cross. Is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us, it is the salvation of God. For in this gospel, there is a righteousness that is by faith. Lord, thank you for the common mission that we have. As we take the cup and take the bread, we're reminded of the common vision that this message will be preached in all the nations as a testimony and then and then and then the end will come that you said you would build your church and on this planet we would be worshipping communities with you as the headship with a family that has a place that participates and prepares together for the great harvest. I want to tell you, church, we're not moving towards revival. We have already stepped into revival. The Bible says He's prepared good works in advance for you to step into. I'm not talking about the works that get you saved because there's no works that can get you saved. But I'm telling you, you've got a work that's been given you that you were born for. And it's going to take some effort. It's going to take some sacrifice. It's going to take some exercise. It's going to take some commitment. But there's a work that you've been created for. And it's those three things that are the reason for what we do here on a Sunday morning. Can you say amen? Jesus took the bread. And he said, this is my body, broken for you. And after supper, he took the cup and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant. It was a covenant promise to Abraham. That through your seed, all nations would be blessed. And Jesus says, I'm here to ratify it. A new covenant. 